Please help keep independent journalism alive and KPFK Radio strong. Become a Sustainer Circle member of KPFK by pledging at any level. per month, whatever suits you. This is Verdeen White of Earth, Wind & Fire, encouraging you to make your tax-deductible donation today at 818-985-5735 or kpfk.org. This is KPFK 90.7 FM. Yeah. Yeah, What it is, good morning. I am your host on Conversation Piece. I'm Angela Birdsong. Good morning. I needed to take my mask off, you guys, because you know it's been a surge in, in the COVID. So uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, I got my mask on still, so I needed to take that off. But good morning, good morning, good morning. Like I said, I'm Angela Birdsong, your Conversation Piece host, coming live from KPFK Studios with something new or unusual to talk about for stimulating conversation for you on the bus, train, plane, or simply at the water cooler or in your Zoom meetups, right? We all doing those Zoom meetups. Okay, let me ask you this, Conversation Peace family. Do you have a book deep in your belly, in your soul, waiting to burst out? What and whose story would you be writing about? Meet today's guest who is going to tell us about their writing journey, the ups and downs of the process from finding a publisher versus self-publishing, book covers, font size, writer's block, you name it. They most likely experienced it all while writing their books. The three authors with us today are Olympian Dr. Althea Moses, actress and comedian and author Donna Cooper, and payroll director, Melissa Arnold. Their writings are in my personal conversation piece, Library. Yes, I have read them, most definitely. But before, for, before we get into the mind of a writer, remember to handle your delicate elections voting. Be on the lookout for your e-ballot in your email from Pacifica Foundation. Their email invitations at mail.electionbuddy.com. So if you just put Pacifica Foundation in your search in your email, it should pop up. Reminders are sent every Tuesday. And if you have not received your ballot, you can request one at elections.pacifica.org. If you don't have access to a computer, you can leave a voicemail at area code 213-635-9363. And please cast your ballot before September 30th. Let's keep community radio on the air for the people, by the people. Welcome to Conversation Peace. We should have some music right now. But while we're waiting for the music, um, you guys, I am so excited about today's show. So excited about it. Because like I said, I personally read these books, all, 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 all three of these books. And it was hard for me to put them down because, you know, I'm doing other stuff too. I, you know, I, I can't, I can't, I can't read all day or, or binge read all night, but whoo, 
Dr. Althea Moses of Irresistibly Fit, Melissa Arnold, who wrote the novel The Color of Pain, Donna Cooper, killer actress, and Achieving Fulfillment. We have fiction. We got nonfiction um, writers right up in here. So I'm excited. I hope you're excited. Get your pen and pad out. So welcome and join us. If they ask me, I could write a book About the way you walk and whisper and look I could write a preface on how we met So the world would never forget the simple secret of the plot It's just to tell you that I love you a lot Then the world discovers as my book ends how to make two lovers of friends Today, we get to pick the brains of some writers that I know. And like I said earlier, and I've read their books, enjoying every, every page. We have Dr. Althea Moses, author of Irresistibly Fit, How to Become a Spiritually Strong, Sexy, and Firm Woman Everyone Admires and No One Can Resist. Melissa Arno with her semi-autobiographical novel, The Color of Pain. Um, and my cousin, Donna Cooper, uh, the author of Killer Actress and Achieving Fulfillment, 10 Simple Strategies Placing You on the Path to Peace, the Big Ten Fulfillment Series, book one. Ladies, I have a series of questions uh, for you, and we're just going to do this like like a panel discussion. And do we have, we got everybody on, Dr. Moses, Donna, you guys on? Yes, I'm right here, Donna Cooper. Okay, so um, let, let's just take care of some housekeeping real quick. Let's make sure that nobody's on speakerphone. You, um, because we we can hear we can hear the background noise. If you're on speakerphone, it's a lot easier just to be directly on on your phone. All right, so here we go, Melissa. Melissa, how old were you when you first started writing? Oh, it goes back to my childhood. I would say five, seven years old. Before that, I used to tell a lot of stories, but then I started writing things down. And uh, throughout my entire elementary and high school years, I was writing and I was always having my uh, essays and things read because of the quality of what I, what I was writing. So I would say definitely a long time, over 30 years. Over 30, 30 years. 40, over 30, 40 years at least. Okay. And, and, and Melissa is the author of The Color of pain and the color of pain briefly tell us what what it is so what it is is sort of an autobiographical uh i guess report or story of myself growing up in uh, dangriga belize in central america and so it I got together with a friend and we were talking about the angst of our parents leaving and, you know, us having to fend for ourselves as our parents left to come to America or different places to give us a better life. So we decided to to write this book together. And uh, it tells about a little boy that's growing up and how his mom marries a white British soldier and moves him to England. And he lives there for 10 years and comes back. So the story before he goes to England is my story and the story when he returns is my story. And my my friend... um, is the person who, his name is Alexander Casanova. He's the one whose mom actually married the British soldier. So we're telling two stories and kind of wrapping them up together and finding a commonality between us. Okay. And and so that's what it is. It's just the angst of um, trying to love your parents and your parents telling you that they're they're doing things for you 
because of their love for you, but a lot of times it's selfishly motivated. And that's where the co- the pain comes in because you're you're trying to always please them. You're trying to always be good in their sight. They're doing their own thing. You're coincidental to the whole process. And we feel left out sometimes in, in the whole abandonment of parent traveling and leaving and everything that, that enhances that whole feeling. Okay. So I just decided it's sort of thera- thera- therapeutical because it, it helped me to unleash some things that I had been holding on to. And when I was writing, I, my mom was still alive. She died in 2016. And I told her, I said, and I ran some things by her, and I said, this is not a diss against you. This is just my story. Just understand that I'm not criticizing. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling people how I felt. Right. And, she, and she was fine with it. Okay. Okay. So, but you, you, started, you started writing as, as a child. Yes. As a child. Yes. Okay. Okay, so Dr. Moses, are you there, Althea? Yes, I'm here. Okay, all right, because I I know I know you have a you got a, a busy busy day, and uh, glad that you're able to to join us today. This is my third time interviewing you, and I'm I'm sure I'm going to interview you probably a dozen more times because you're just that kind of person, right? Okay, so my, my question to you, when did you recognize that you are a writer and you have something to say that folks want to read? Well, I've been writing since I was a little girl also in my country, Belize, my native land, Belize, and um, here in Inglewood as well. But I decided, um, I think I was 42, 41, when I decided that I needed to put something on paper to talk about my journey, my life journey coming from Belize, and how I became an accomplished Olympian, um, and so on. So I believe it was age 40, 41, I decided to become an author. Wow. So everybody so so far has been been writing since 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 they were 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 little girls. How 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 wonderful. How wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I I'm hoping that anybody who's listening today if you have children or you know are are your children or have become adults ask them about some of those um deferred dreams that maybe they still have that that writer inside inside of them. So your book. Tell us briefly what your your book is is about. You talking to me? Yes, to you, Doctor Moses. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, as well, it's about being irresistibly fit, and not just physically. It's about um, strengthening the spirit within the body and strengthening the physical body so that you can have balance. And so I talk about. Uh, strengthening the spirit through different uh, methods that work for me and for many of my customers and clients over the years. And I also show you how to strengthen the body through um, cardio exercises and strength training. Okay, okay. And and for those of you guys uh, who ha- who will be reading her book, you're not going to be able to put it down because the that that first chapter I think is I think it's just the first chapter. It, it reads like five chapters, meaning it's so rich. Uh, once again, that is a movie in the making for for sure. Yes, yes. Oh my goodness! All right, Donna Cooper, can you hear me? I can. I'm actually in my car on my car phone. Is it better if I turn my car off? Well, I think I think we can hear you pretty well. So you're 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 actually actually you're 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 coming in pretty loud and clear. Okay, so my question to you: When did you first realize you wanted to be a writer? Well, I'm a late bloomer, unlike the other two women. I um, I knew I was good at writing, but to me, that was just something that helped me get through school quickly, like. I had an assignment. I knew I could bang it out because, oh, I loved it. I loved writing, and I was good at it. But I never saw it as something I'd want to do outside of that. I just was like, oh, I'm lucky that I can get my essays in quickly. My story's always got great grades. And going to college, I was able to get work done quickly. I never really thought about being a writer until I'd say maybe 2016, 
being in L.A., and I'd read tons of scripts, and I always read lots and lots of different genres of books, and I was an avid reader, and I thought, I'd like to write a screenplay. And I just read up on screenplay writing and wrote a screenplay, and then in 2020, I said, oh, this screenplay is going to make a really good book. It just came to me one morning, and I went, well, I'll write the book. And then I did. I just wrote Killer Actors. So I didn't have the growing up writing fluid. I did through school, but I never thought of myself as a writer. And it, it still sounds weird to me today to call myself a writer. Wow. That, and, that's, that, and, and that sounds, it sounds strange to me that, that it's strange to you to be, not to call yourself a writer. Because in my head, you know, okay, you guys, so like I said, Donna Cooper is my cousin. Melissa Arno yeah. is, is, is a church family member. And Althea Moses, I've known her since she was in the ninth grade at Morningside High School. So when I say I know these authors, I know them. Donna. I, I I envision you as a little girl just writing a whole bunch of stuff all, all, all the time. But, wow. So this, this just let us know that everybody's writing path has a different jump off. And, yes. you know, your yours yes. was more academic. You know, I can, you know, push out the papers. Althea and Melissa was, you know, just creative writing as 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 little girls and killer actress so it went from a screenplay writing to to now a book to i know it's going to become a series because oh my goodness girl i can't wait for the next book but that's a question for later tell us about killer actress killer actress is basically highlighting the determined women that go to hollywood and they succeed but they're also uh, kind of haunted by the drunk men that love them. It's a, it's a crime novel about literally the people that flock to Hollywood, mostly the women, that say they're going to make it in this business, but then someone decides they're going to start killing some of the actresses. And we've got a cop out on disability who suspects his determined, self-centered, of herself wife of being the murderer. And there's a whole bunch of suspects and a whole bunch of red herrings, but it moves quickly, so you got to pay attention, and hopefully you can pick out the killer, but if you can't, the last chapter will just make you go, no way! <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because when I was reading, I was like, okay, that's the killer. I was like, oh no, maybe that's the killer. It, it was a great who 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 done it and the thrill in it and if you're from Los Angeles you're you know you're aware of some of the areas that you know th that are mentioned in the book and so we know that Althea's book is 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 nonfiction and is based on her life Melissa's book is semi-fiction, semi-non-fiction, but you made it very clear that your book is not an autobiography. It's just a <laughs> fun Hollywood ride. <laughs> it's funny because I get people that say to me, they're like, oh, killer actress, is it an autobiography? And I say, well, thankfully, I'm not writing this in jail. It's not <laughs> right. an autobiography. <laughs> but if it was, okay, but right now, no, it's pure fiction and it's literally an extension of some of the crazy things I went through in Hollywood, just all the auditioning and the things you go through as an actress, but I just took it that next step. What would it be like to be in Hollywood and have actors all of a sudden, someone is killing an actress? Is it out of love? Is it for money? Is it for parts? Is it the way of the business that we don't realize it? It's, it's things that I've thought about almost every audition, and I just went, wait a minute. I'm enjoying the characters that are in my head, put them down on paper and really enjoy them even more. And I'm just so thankful that it seems like other people are enjoying them as well. Right. And that, and that, and that, and that leads to, to an, this other question. So, so Donna, since, since you're already sort of answering that one, how do you create your main characters? I like to start with a kernel of truth whether it be myself or someone I've met. It doesn't have to be a close 
person. It might be someone I've seen in the grocery store. Because if I have a kernel of truth, I feel like then I can genuinely re- weave a true-to-life character, someone that is not a caricature, but that someone is believable. And it gives me that hook. So every character in the book, I can somewhere place someone that I've either run into, sometimes it's someone I've seen on TV. I try not to go with people I've seen on television because they're, they're not always full-dimensional characters. I love taking them in real life. But that's mostly it. I'll, someone will catch my eye. Or I'll be in a restaurant. I like to say I'm doing detective work, but I'm really just nosy. So <laughs> I like paying attention to other people. <laughs> so I'll find an interesting quirk, and then I go, oh, wow. I make either a mental note or something, I'll jot it down. And then I see how it will evolve into, ooh, that would make the perfect person for them to, that would be a great red herring, or that would be their great best friend. Or no, use that person as someone that people don't like, but they really have a good part. So there's so much to choose from in this world that I'm constantly, like I said, I'm nosy. I'm constantly paying attention to people and other conversations and just watching people's behavior. As an actor, I do that anyway, but as a writer, I feel like we do it even more. Okay. Althea, how do you yeah. create the content in, in your book? I know I know your book is, is about is about your life and and is also a, a spiritual book and and a fitness book. So the content came from where? Okay. Great question, Angie. The the content in my chapter one is basically a mini memoir about my journey from Belize to Los Angeles through um, by way of Mexico and uh, my track journey, my educational journey to becoming an Olympic uh, gold medalist in the Junior Olympics, an Olympian in the 1996 Games, mm. and, um, and uh, becoming an entrepreneur in health and fitness, and uh, the second part is about the spiritual, building the spirit within the body came from from being so down one year when my, my fiancé betrayed my trust that I talk about how the methods that I use to overcome and be confident again and uh, feel good about myself. And then the the rest of the chapters are, that content came from me being an Olympian. 13 years of training from high school to uh, the Olympic Games and, and teaching people how they can strengthen the physical body through cardio, exercises, um, and um, strength training with weights or even your own body weight. And definitely making um, good nutritional choices too. So my content came from my lifestyle, basically, from I was a child to an um, adult now. And irresistibly fit she is, Althea Moses. She, I know, I know she don't mind me saying which decade she's in. She's in her 50s, and she, she looked like she in her 30s, <laughs> for real. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, her arms or her abs, she got those irresistibly um Fabulous abs. Is that how you say it? Irresistibly fit. Irresistibly fit. Right abs. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I got a keg, but what? <laughs> hopefully, and I know what I need to do. I just no, need I need to follow her book and meet her at her class in Inglewood. But we'll 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 give a shout out to your class later, Melissa. Oh, I think you sort of answered um, the question already, but. The, the characters, where, where do your characters in your book come from? I know some of it is, is you said, is, is, is based on your life right. and based on, right. on the, the, your, your co-authors' right. um, life. But some of those other characters uh, in there, the, the women at, at, at the restaurant, right. um, the gossipers in, in yes. the town square, yes. where, where, where do you get your characters from? So for the most part, those are people that I grew up with. Um, I'm also from Belize, like uh, Althea. Oh, fellow and, countryman. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm from the south of Belize, um, grew up in the Garifuna culture. And so there, these are people that I knew while I was growing up. And my story is a little serious sometimes, so I insert them, the character, into different parts and for, for like the, the funny moment. Because there's a character named Tooth who 
meets the the um, Alex's mom when she's coming from England, and this guy has eighteen kids, and he's talking to her, and and I, you know, and his one gold tooth is glistening, and I, I this is someone that I knew when I was growing up. We laughed at him all the time, and my my friend uh, who co- helped me with the book. He also knew someone. He said, let's call him Tooth. You know, so it's, it's, it's stuff like that. And also my desire to um, have people see a collage of life growing up in Belize and how, you know, the part that's in England, I can't speak on that very much, but just growing up in Belize and so people can see how the cultures blend and the different options that we have and all of that. And so these, most of these characters are people that I actually knew. I just kind of fleshed them out to fit the story. But for every single one of those people in my book, there's a person that actually exists or there's a or there's a some kind of a legend or lore about them and i built on that okay now so melissa what is the most difficult part of writing a book i think just staying with it so and, and you probably will get to this later but my process was um, there were times that i felt like i couldn't sleep and i just was so motivated and i would just write like three, four days in a row, just take bathroom breaks or whatever. There are times I wouldn't even look at my book for two weeks. So it was very, it was stop and go, stop and go. But once I, like towards the end, I could really see it coming to fruition. That really motivated me. And I wrote a lot more at that time. But at the beginning, it was kind of stop and start, stop and start. I was not as serious and committed. But as it formed and and, and, and grew flesh and, and you know, um, became a lot more of an interesting read as I was following through with it, then I started committing more time and really thinking about my characters and how they would be received by the audience. Donna, what type of questions do you ask yourself when planning a new book? Oh, that's a very good question. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You're very welcome. I just love you. Anyway, I think initially... Well, I'll take the book that I'm working on right now. I had to decide, am I going to stay in the crime genre? I knew I wanted to keep it fiction, and I knew I wanted to make it something that would match the story I just I just written. Because I feel like, even though Killer Actress stands on its own, the story really isn't finished. And I know these characters have more to do and more to say. So... The initial question is, are you sure you want to continue to make it a murder mystery? I had to think to make sure you, before I even started the outline. So some basic questions. Do you want, is that what you want to do? How, do you want new characters? A lot of times I can ask myself these questions, but they're really just like tilling the soil. I'm not really looking for the answer right away. It just helps get the juices flowing. So as the story is pouring out of me, those answers come up. Does that make sense to you? Yes. Yes. So I figure I make sure the genre I want to write, I want to continue in. I make sure that I know, I make a list of, do I want to keep all these characters? Do I want to add new ones? So some of them are hard and fast, realistic questions, like when I make the outline, who's in it? Who's staying? Whose story do I want to continue? And others are, okay, what else do you want to explore how deeply do you want to go in your your A characters, your B characters, even my C characters? Do I want to make it a 500-pager, or do I want to make this a little quick 200-pager? Like I said, some of these are they're things to get my juices flowing, and actually, these questions just keep me excited. Because even if I don't have the answer right away, I'm excited to get to the answers. So for me, writing is... Um, I wish I could do it all day, 24-7. My time is very, very short. So every time I get a chance to write, I'm always alight with, oh, okay, okay, am I going to answer this today? Am I going to finish this? Or what? am I going to work on this chapter? So I'm really kind of like a buzz whenever I sit down to write. It's just making sure I can make enough time to, to fit it in, basically. Okay. Okay. So it's almost like you you have this box of puzzles, and you have you have this picture in your head, and you're like, okay, I, yeah. I, you know, what are the edges? What am I filling the inside with? And but exactly. but but you're actually creating the puzzle as, as you go along. It's not like a ready made right. puzzle. So right, exactly. That's a perfect way of putting it because I I see 
the pieces, and even as I'm writing it, all of a sudden I'll go, oh, wait a minute, this is just the inside. There's a whole nother puzzle going on outside. I'll go, oh, yeah, okay, get those pieces in. So it is putting the pieces in, which is why I think I love writing in that genre, of getting the pieces all to fit and then getting the big picture and then going, oh, yeah, I love it. It's obviously exciting to me. That's yeah, you, got, you, guys sound, you guys sound like the writing process is, is exciting to you. Uh, Althea, have you experienced writer's block, and how how do you handle it? Um, I didn't experience writer's block because I was determined to get the information on my computer. So I wrote for 10 months straight, four to five, six hours in the evenings. And uh, so, no, I didn't have writer's block. I, I'm an Olympian, and I, I wrote my like, <laughs> <laughs> No, that's right, girl. <laughs> yes, I was determined to get the book done. I was telling people I was going to get this book published in a year. And so I, I had to do what I said I was going to do. So 10 months straight, I wrote for several hours every night. And so, no, I didn't have writer's block. And I, it, was, it felt good writing because it was a way of healing me okay as i mentioned i decided to write the book because i was brokenhearted basically and i wanted to put my words on on paper so i started typing away on my computer so that it was my motivation to finish in a year so i just typed and typed and what was in my mind on the computer melissa how long did it take you to write your book I would say probably about five or six months. Okay. Um, it wasn't it wasn't that long as I mentioned to you. I did it in starts and stops, but once I once I went would go, I would go just you know for a long time, and then um, towards the end of it, my times not writing became shorter and shorter. I was mostly writing, so I also wanted to. I set my own deadline. I didn't tell anyone that it was a deadline, but I, I could hear the clock ticking in my head, like, okay, you need to get this done. You need to get this done. So I made sure that I was done by the end of the sixth month. Any writer's block for you? No. What happened was that if there was something I couldn't um, really develop at, that, at a time, I would leave that and go to another area and work on that and then come back to that part. By then, I would have had some kind of inspiration or heard something from friends or talked to somebody and talked to God and, uh, you know, hey, that's the piece that's missing. And then I go back to that part. So like Althea said, it's great to, you know, be putting it on computer because you can insert, you can go back and whatever. I started out writing, you know, longhand. And then I realized I was writing and then having to put it in computer. So I, at some point, I just went directly into the computer. So I didn't really have writer's block. Okay. Okay. Donna, did you have writer's block? <laughs> I think I'm going to jump in the back. I love these women, Althea and Melissa. I love you guys. <laughs> Thank you. And honestly, I would say it took me a year because I had already done the screenplay, but I don't really have writer's block because I did the same thing as the other two women. If, if for some I like I know I want to get this done, I'm determined. And if for some reason I'm trying to iron out something when it comes to uh, whether it be... Uh, letting out how many like, different clues or what I want to say about a different character, if something feels like it's not uh, organic, it doesn't really feel like it's working, I'll go, oh, but wait a minute, let me work on this part. And then I work on the other part, and then I come back to it. So there really isn't any writer's block. I I'm sure listeners are like, those three women, what's up with that? But honestly, I feel like I'm in great company because, yeah, it's, it's, it's a sense of determination and excitement and mm-hmm. when you're hands-on, putting it into the computer, it's like, if this particular path isn't um, like it isn't very uh, juicy at the moment, there's a million other paths I can take and to work on to get things done. So I just go, oh, okay, work on this path now, and then come back to that one. So I've, thankfully, and I don't have any wood to knock on right now that I'm in the car, but thankfully that I have not had any writer's block. Okay, you guys, hey. <laughs> you you answer, you answer the question. No writer's block in this group right here. We got some superpower uh, writers on on board. And okay, so how long did it take you to write your screenplay, Donna? The, the screenplay only took me a few months. Not even, not even, 
because I had the idea was so clear in my head. What took a while was the um, uh, I read the book Saving the Cat, Save the Cat, and that kind of outlined the uh, how to put together a screenplay, kind of a formulaic way to do it. And I wanted to follow a formula because I didn't trust my own ability to just start writing and hopefully it would work out at the end. So I, I followed that formula. And once I got those little index cards written, it really was a couple of months. Not, It was shorter than I expected it. We'll put it that way. It was like maybe three months. The typing took a long time because I'm a horrible typist. So I'm definitely like hunt and peck and then peck again and hunt some more. So I'm a horrible typist. So that's what took a long time. Okay, so save save the cat. Tell us just a little bit about about save the cat, the the, the formula that you follow for for your screenplay writing. Yeah, save the cat. I I love the way it it breaks things down in beats. And I thought, okay, I'm rec- I recognize beats because it speaks to the actress in me. And when I read a script and then have to look at my scene, there's definitely beats, and it helps it when I'm memorizing lines. So when uh, Snyder, S-N-Y-D-E-R, the gentleman that wrote Save the Cat, when he put down, I think it's, it's say about 15 different beats, and he says, like, on page one should have a certain thing happen. Page one through 15 should have these things happen. It breaks down uh, where conflict should occur, where your A story should do a one thing where your B story should come in, where your characters should be uh, in in some kind of trouble. Trying to teach you how to write a good story that supposedly will be bought by Hollywood. So it's breaking down stories to I'll say their simplest form, but it's getting you to get in the, into the mindset of writing a story that constantly moves, that's constantly engaging, that has twists and turns. So when I wrote the screenplay initially, I followed the beats. And I went, oh, that was kind of, I don't want to say the word easy, but it made it easier to kind of just plug in my idea. But then once I wanted to turn the screenplay into a novel, this other part of me took over because I realized there was so much more I could do because, yeah, I helped my little structure. But then I went, wait a minute, I can give this even more twist, even more turns. I can write something that excites me and doesn't follow the formula. So I credit the formula for giving me the jumping-off point, but then once I started writing out the whole novel, I was literally like a mad person. I went, wait a minute, okay, add this. Oh, wait a minute, I can do this. I love the way this sets up. I feel like I've read so many books. I haven't read nearly as many as I'd like to, but I've always read since I've been small. But what I loved about reading was how I was engaged even if it wasn't a murder mystery, what made me keep reading? What made me put certain books down and go, I would always finish reading a book because I thought, give the author some credit. They put in the time to finish a book, at least see what they have to say. Even if I didn't like it or enjoy it, just finish it. So if you ever have a conversation about it, I can really say, well, I saw the big picture. But writing my own novel, it literally like took me to another place, beyond the formula, beyond the, oh, this is what I'm used to reading. Like, no, this is what's going to excite me. So I just hope that it excites the reader, and it seems like it has worked. So I'm going to continue in this vein with the second book, and and you'll let me know if it works or not. Right. So the the screenplay, a few months, and then writing Killer Actress, how long did it take you to write that? That was, I'd say, about a year. It was about a year. Yeah, about a year. Okay, okay. All right, all right. yeah, yeah, I'd say about a year because I think because I was so insecure in my um, in my moniker as a writer that I kept trying to push it off on someone else to to um, to, to allow me to feel like this is good enough. So it took me time of going, Donna, you're you're good, you're fine, and I would call to ask someone to read it for me, and they would say yes, and they wouldn't, and I'd go, well. I wanted to pay lots of money to get someone to edit it for me. And I went, you know what, just take a deep breath and trust your instincts and go ahead and do the editing and do everything yourself and don't worry about what other people think. And when I finally got to that place, that's when I felt like I was able to have someone act as fly. 
Now, Melissa, did did you have an editor for for your book, or how how, how was your book pr- proofread? I actually submitted my manuscript. Um, I I edit for people typically on the job. Anyone's writing something, they'll say, "Hey, can you read this? Can you you know give me a better word or whatever?" So. I was confident in my manuscript, but my editing came when I saw the draft of what my book would look like, and I went through it with a fine-tooth comb and gave them all the corrections, which were a lot. So that was the extent of my editing, was I edited my own book based on what the publisher was was um, presenting as the first draft. So that was the editing that I did. I, wasn't, I didn't have an editing process for my own writing. Okay. Uh, Theo, at what point do you get a publisher? So it's, it sounds like M- Melissa, you know, s- sent a minute manuscript to to the publisher, got stuff back, sent back edits. Where, you know, at what point do you, or, you know, does a publisher come in place in, in the writing process? Uh, for me, I self-published my book. So I hired a professional editor who had 37 bestsellers that she edited, and I told her I was number 38. So um, I became her 38th number one bestseller. And um, I listened to what she said. My manuscript was about uh, 40-something. I'm sorry. It was, uh, I think it was 40-something double space. She had me space it out certain ways so she can edit between the lines. And she did it by hand. It's incredible. <laughs> wow. So when I um, got it back from her, she had a critique as well that was just as big as my manuscript. So I listened to her ideas and made changes and edited myself, the, you know, the recommendations. And then I um, uh, went to a class to find out how I can um, put it all together. I listened to those mentors. And I put it on Amazon, on KDP. There's, um, Amazon has um, KDP that you can actually upload your uh, manuscript. So that's how I, I self-published it. Okay, so self-published. Okay. Donna, are you self-published or you had a publisher? Actually, I, right now I'm self-published. I put out 200, about 210 letters to agents trying to find a literary agent. And I had some interesting feedback, but they all said, we want to make sure we're in love with the book idea before we take anyone on, and nobody was in love with my book idea. Uh, the book was already finished when I went through this process and sending out uh, uh, letters. And then um, I did self-publish it, but just recently, I someone encouraged me to send some letters to a few publishers just to see what they had to say, and actually, as of tomorrow... There is some interest in them publishing it for me, which I will discuss terms and blah, blah, blah. But I like that I was able to self-publish it only because, it, for me, this first one gave me the, the, um, the confidence to continue in my fiction vein. I'd already self-published a, um, a non-fiction kind of little self-help book that I was really proud of. But to me, fiction was much more difficult, I thought, you know, getting the... It's just much more of a behemoth to kind of put your hands around in a larger piece of clay to me. And the fact that I've gotten it up there and it's been read and I've had some really good feedback, I feel very proud of self-publishing it. So I'm not even sure that I even want to engage. Like I said, I will talk to whoever wants to. If someone wants to publish it, I will chat with them. But I'm very proud that I went through the, the arduous process of writing and editing it and doing it all myself. I, I'm something I would never have expected to do, and I feel like this is something off of my bucket list that I'm looking forward to continue many more years to the future. So, yeah, I did self-publish, and I did the whole thing myself. Congratulations. Yeah. Right. Well, congratulations to all, all of you guys. This Thank is... You. the You guys are... The, this the, This information is way more... Um, powerful than I had really expected. I did get a question um, through text with someone who saw the the Facebook post about the show. Um, His wife is almost finished with her book. And so he, they, they want to know what's, what's the next step. You're almost finished with your book. 
what 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 are you what are you supposed to do next? She I guess she's trying to figure that part out, Melissa. Well, um, at the time when I published my book, uh, KDT was KDP was not available yet. So, like what Althea just mentioned, that's a good way to do it very quickly, and you're already in the Amazon realm. So they they're also going to be doing your your publicity and all of that kind of stuff. So it's like one stop shopping. Right. I didn't know about them when I published my book. So have her look into that. Check in, check, check with Amazon and tell them that you know she's a, a an about to be new author and she has her manuscript and all of that. And they'll give her they'll guide her through the process. I went through um I went through directly to the publisher and submitted my manuscript. I didn't know there were other ways around it. It's gotten the process has gotten a lot easier. Okay, so are you self-published? It's considered self-publishing because I didn't go with one of the big publishing houses, but I still. I'm not. It's not considered self-published, but I went with a smaller publishing house that's more personal, and it, it's a, it's a lot less of uh, the red tape. Like I didn't have to go to you know a random house or one of those. It's a smaller one, so it's still considered self-publishing, but it's a, on a smaller level. Okay, okay. So we're 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 getting we're getting close to the end of of the show, and just to let everybody know, I'm Angela Birdsong, and you're listening to Conversation Piece, and we have Dr. Althea Moses, author of Irresistibly Fit, a mini memoir, an innovative spirituality fitness book. Melissa Arnold, who wrote a semi autobiographical novel, The Color of Pain, and Donna Cooper, the author of of novel, killer actress, and self-help book, Achieving Fulfillment. Okay, you guys, be on the lookout for the annual conference for Black Writers on Tour. The founder is Dr. Rosie Milligan, who is an author and publisher. Go to blackwritersontour.com for more information. That's blackwritersontour.com for more information. Okay, um... Donna, what was one of the most surprising things you learned in creating your books? The most about myself or just life in general or let's just say all of the above, whatever comes comes to you. Okay. Actually what surprised me the most the most was truly how uh extensive my imagination is. I I know I've always and quite imaginative, but there's times where I'll read back over something and go, oh, wait a minute, I wrote that, or, oh, well, what happened here? Like, I, I almost have, like, this little bit of an out-of-body experience that I'm writing, because when I've gone back over it, I'll say, I'll look at a passage and go, what, what was that? Who was that? Oh, what happened here? As if, like, I didn't write it. So I'm I'm surprised at how much I can come up with from just my own little brain. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I shouldn't say little brain, but just, you know what I mean, just how much I am able to accomplish. I think I'm so used to putting myself in a box and putting labels on myself or doing, seeing what's out there and saying, okay, that's possible, but maybe that's not possible. And just saying, you know, forget all that. Let me see what I can do. And I truly surprised myself. And I love that feeling of, Oh, right. I set the limits for myself. I decide if I think I'm biting off more than I can chew. Like, this next book, I remember saying uh, to a friend of mine, I said, well, I'm not sure if it's going to be two books or one book. But I, I don't have to decide that now. I can just put down a story that I'm loving, that I think is interesting and fun and exciting and moving. And if it ends up being three books, five. if it ends up being one big book, I, I, I feel like I've got to a point where I have to stop imposing limits on myself and I don't even know why I had them anyway. But society, whether it be, I don't know, teachers, <laughs> boyfriends, whatever, I feel like I've broken a lot of the chains that I've had on my thoughts and of my capabilities and I'm just really proud of myself that even as fearful and even with some tears trying to get things put up on and being tired and going, oh, this is frustrating. It's like, no, I love the frustration. I love the pressure. I love the struggle because I'm growing with every single minute that I continue forward. And I just am so thrilled that I just have more of that to come. I'm so proud of you, cousin. <laughs> oh, thanks, girl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Althea, okay, what might your next book be about? <laughs> 
The next book might be about the Ho'oponopono practice that I use to feel better when when I'm disappointed or or feel any negative thoughts. Um, What had happened with that 10 months writing, the editor told me that I actually had three books in one, but she told me to break it down into just the physical, building the spirit, a mini-memoir, and building the physical because it would have been uh, too much in one book. Mm. So I think the next one will be about Ho'oponopono practice, which is an ancient Hawaiian practice to help people heal spiritually. Okay, okay. And look, when are you going to put that first chapter into a screenplay so I can see it on film? (laughs) When? When so? When I get the screenwriter, I think we have one on on the line. (laughs) Right, you guys make you guys make. Let me know. Let me know. All right, we you, need to talk. Yeah, you have, you have, you, Donna, you have to, you have to read her book. That I, I'm, 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 uh, the the entire book is great, but that first chapter, oh, you just, I mean, you you want you want to see more, you want more details, and you're and and you feel like you're right there with her and her family as as they're migrating to the United States from from Belize. It is it was just a. It was just very vivid and and very horrific and and just a story of, of overcoming and a story of of, of deliverance. It, it was it was great. Oh, well, I must say I'm looking forward to reading both Althea's book and Melissa's book because I think you guys are just incredible. And Angie, thank you so much for inviting me to be with these other two amazing women. I can't wait to check out their books. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you. yes, thank you. Yeah, it's read your books too, ladies. Yes, right. Oh, so on, on on that note, everybody. Um, so you know, we only have a few minutes left. So let let let's wrap wrap it up. Let us know um, where where we can find your book. We know we can find it on Amazon, mm-hmm. but if you guys have specific websites or what have you, let it let us know where where we can find find your book, and then tell us who was your favorite author or your favorite book. Melissa. Okay. So um, you can find my book or purchase it, of course, on Amazon. And I have a website called thecolorofpainbook.com. And if you go there, you'll see uh, a radio interview that I had um, with someone who's interested in taking my book to a movie. There's also some pictures from my book signing uh, and different events. So um, you can definitely check that out. And you can also reach out directly to me to purchase the book. It's It's very reasonably priced $9.99 um and and so my my favorite one of my most favorite authors is um uh I forget her name now um that's okay that's the one I was was talking to you about earlier did I mention her name to you I don't remember okay I don't I I have I have pre-show jitters Uh, that's probably (laughs) what I'm experiencing right now (laughs) but anyway she's um it's the one that that Oprah calls her her play mother Oh, Yvonne. Oh, Maya Angelou. Yes, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, my, so okay. Maya Angelou. We know Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> Maya Angelou um, wrote about seven books that are very autobiographical. And the one that I really like is I Know Now Why Why the Cage Birds Sing. And she it sings. Yeah. And she wrote that in 1969. And the reason I liked it is because she touched the taboo topics of, of rape and molestation and also, you know, racism. But racism was already, I recognized them, but rape molestation by family members, that kind of thing that's more commonly talked about today, but was really taboo at the time when she wrote that book. So I really admired her courage in telling her story. Dr. Moses, where can we find your book and who is your favorite author? Okay, you can find my book at Amazon.com and AltheaM.com. And you can also reach out to me to purchase it. I mail them straight from my office. And I sign them. So if you want to sign copy, you can call me or um, go to altheaend.com. And um, my favorite, I don't have a favorite book or favorite author because I love books. But the book, one of the books, I, I'll tell you a couple that I do um, enjoy reading. The Magic of Believing by Claude M. Bristol. He, he talks about visualizing and believing what it is you're trying to bring to, into reality. 
And so that's an old school book that is one of my favorites. Getting to I Do by Dr. Um, Pat Allen is is um, also one of my favorites because she talks about how women can um, get to whoever they're dating uh, to ask them to marry them in a year. I read this book and I practiced some of the things that she suggested and I got married within a year and a month. (laughs) I really like that book. What's the name of that book again? (laughs) Getting to I Do. Getting to I Do. Okay. All right. You were hesitant to ask that question. Well, I was because I had to think. Do. do I really want a husband? Oh, I was going to oh, say, no. what you're if, asking for a friend? It, it should. Be, oh yeah, I'm asking for a friend. Yeah, it should be. What if you don't? <laughs> right, right. But that's a whole other story. That's a whole other story. That's a whole other story. Okay. Uh, magic of believing and getting to I do. Was there another one, Althea? And the magic of believing. Magic of believing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They're they're really powerful books. Okay. And Donna. Where can we find your books? <laughs> you can find Killer Actress at Amazon.com slash author slash Donna Cooper. That goes right to my page, my author page. And my other book is there as well. Or just go to Amazon.com and put in Killer Actress. And you can also find it at BarnesandNoble.com. Thank you for carrying it. And Goodreads is also carrying it. Mm-hmm. And I don't really have a favorite author. Obviously, I there's at my... Uh, Tony Morrison, but I also love like the Norman Mailers and Judy Bloom and Hannah French and Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now. I I do have such a love of reading. It's hard to take one author and say they're my favorite because a lot of times it's the mood, it's the feeling, what I'm looking for at the moment, what I happen to need or what I don't think I want and need. You know, it's, it's it's too hard to choose just one. So I'm looking forward to making these two ladies. One of my favorite authors. I'm excited about getting their book. All right. Thank you. Ditto. Thank you. Thank you. You are welcome, you ladies. It's a pleasure. Angie, I want to add one more. Malik Books in the Westfield Culver City Mall also has my book. Right. Shout out to Malik Books. Malik Books. Yes. 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 They're very supportive. Our local black authors. Amen. Yeah, shout out to Malik Books. We most definitely have to um, support our local black bookstores. For sure. I'm glad. I'm glad you brought up Malik Muhammad. Books. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Malik Books in the Cover City Mall next to Seas Candy. Right. Are they still in Baldwin Hills Mall too? I'm not sure. Right. But yeah, you guys look up Malik Books. Okay, well, I'm over here getting ready to have a coughing spell, and so and thank goodness it's almost time for the show to go, to end, ladies. I have truly enjoyed this time with you guys. What what a plethora of information that you guys have to inspire the next book writers, to inspire the the, the little girls in us that used to write when we we're little girls or who are avid readers as, as little girls. So th- thank you guys so much for, for, for this time. Remember, find their books on Amazon and on their specific um, websites, thecolorofpain.com. The Color, of Pain. the Color of Pain book. Oh, The Color of Pain book. Thank you. Thecolorofpainbook.com, altheam.com. And you also can go to Barnes and Noble. And for the color pain, you can go to the Los Angeles County Library and find and find her. Anybody book in the library? Also, real quick. Yay! That's right. Inglewood Library. Inglewood Main Library. Okay. So 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 we got Inglewood Library for for Ir- irresistibly fit and killer actresses in the library. Also, it is actually in New York, though. It's not on the West Coast. Only in New York. Hey, all right, all right. These ladies are in the library. Okay, thank you guys. Althea Moses Fitness Club, the first Saturday of every month, 9 to 10 a.m. at Edward Vincent Jr. Park in Inglewood in front of the tennis courts. For more information, call 310-740-1157. And like we said, find her book at AltheaM.com. Thank you to our audio engineer, Wendell Handy, Michael Washington of M Watch Soul for the opening and closing theme song. Always you, our listening audience. Reach me on social media at 
mtasproductions.com and follow KPFK on X, formerly Twitter, as you listen to us worldwide anytime on kpfk.org. I'm Angela Birdsong. Once again, thank you for allowing me to share this special experience of conversation piece with you. Remember to be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be brave, be courageous, and let all that you do be done with love. Yes, amen.